welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by The Raja Press, an online boutique that celebrates life's adventures through fine jewelry. Designer and curator Katie Shadwick has impeccable taste and collects a beautiful array of hand-picked and reimagined vintage, as well as newly designed fine jewelry from San Francisco and beyond. Visit therajapress.com and enter code UPBRINGING for 15% off your order. Now on to our twin talk. We're back. We're back. (laughs) Little bit delayed. Little delayed. We took a week for sanity. Mm -hmm. I feel saner. How do you feel? Oh, I feel so good. I mean, we were just talking today about how, like, we don't usually have that. We don't have that usual panicked, crazy feeling, um, you know, pressure on our shoulders around the holidays, which can happen so easily. Yeah, right? I'm feeling pretty stress-free generally, yeah. which feels I, really good. I think we're just deciding to be stress-free and we're deciding too that any stress we feel, we need to be reframing as something positive and healthy and fine because stressed about our stress is very unnecessary. That's where goes down, right? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and research shows that it's like, that's what actually... Um, damages our bodies and our psyches the most mm-hmm. is our perception of our own stress. I don't know why we're talking about this, but I got Oprah on the mind. I Welcome back, everybody. Really? Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Yeah. Um, we're here today to kind of close up the season, mm-hmm. wrap it up, and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about us and our story. Yeah. And I like, I always love the podcasts I listen to when they have maybe a season introduction and a season closer or a new podcast that I'm listening to. I'm able to go to their last episode and, oh, there's a little introduction about who the person is, what their podcast is about. Um, just something like that to really easily listen to or to forward to a friend to like, check this out, friend, mm-hmm. see what you think. Whoa. So what? like a huge eagle out the window. Oh, nice. That's cool. Um, also, we've been getting a lot of messages from people just being like, how did you get started doing this? How did this come about? What was early motherhood like for you? And I feel like we don't talk about it that much in our episodes, really. Mm, it's on our, our about page a bit, but... Yeah, nobody goes to that, though. Kind of our origin story, so to speak, Kel? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Do you want to kind of start by wrapping up the season a Let's little? Let's do it. Let's okay. wrap that baby up. Yeah. We finished Put it up, under a tree. We, we finished up our empowerments, which felt really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, man, we need those like all the time. For those who have not heard of the empowerments yet, Kelty, um, obviously they can go to our website and look at our empowerments page that mm-hmm. has all 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And they can also go back to episodes this season where we twin talked uh, our favorites. Yeah. But can you give a little, just a quick little easy breezy intro to them? Yeah. I have to cough. Hold <laughs> on. <coughs> Excuse oh. me. Can I have a sip of your tea? Uh, sure. Or just keep it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, our empowerments are basically 
touchstone reminders to us to be aligning our values and all we know about kids and how they grow and and how they're doing with our day-to-day actions. So basically that we don't over-control them so Mm -hmm. that we can trust, so that we we can keep in mind um, that our self-control is really the only control we want to be wielding. And um, and they're all centered around these these tough things that we're trying to lean into more, mm-hmm. like our kids' big feelings, messy feelings, um, their inability to perform skills we need when we need them. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Our own struggles our and, and big feelings yeah. around everything. Yeah, um, so many things. Yeah, our concerns about our own identity or what our uh, level of responsibility and control is over them, yeah. you know, how best to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things that come up every single day, um, we've designed these empowerments around to help remind us and keep us focused on that alignment. And you can make your own empowerments. What empowers you to be aligned as a person and as a parent? That's the idea behind these, right? Mm-hmm. That was fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, episode's not over. Just kidding. Um, yeah. And then we had some really good conversations too. Oh, we did. Yeah. We, we basically did. just kept pulling people on, like God bless them for coming and talking with us. Who? Oh man, um, we're like the worst interviewers. We suck at interviewing. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't heard that from other people because oh. we... Well, because the people we had on were so wonderful. Hopefully people just didn't really notice or they gave us a pass because they were like, I love her. So yeah. it's okay, Hannah. It's can, okay, Cal. I can put up with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but each of the people was really someone who could bravely engage with the why in their lives and mm-hmm. talk about the hard stuff, the things that have been helping them grow, essentially, mm-hmm. as people, right? Well, and I think in our community, too, you and I have a local community here, and then we have a really big virtual community. That's our tribe. And mm-hmm. I think that it's really easy on places like Instagram to think that everyone else's life is perfect and that our life is a shit show. And mm-hmm part of the reason we wanted to have these conversations was not to talk to experts about information, was not to just bitch the two of us the whole time, but to create an environment that showed that every one of us is struggling in our own way and that we can reach for more and think big picture and work on ourselves as we're working with our kids and hopefully inspire everybody to to feel like they can do that too. So hopefully our guests were able to kind of translate that a little bit. Yeah, and that <clears throat> it's a good reminder too that we can really learn from each other, mm-hmm. that we don't always have to go to experts, but that you know, a mother friend who's an author about marriage, we can go to them. A, a, a mom friend who's, whose child is dealing with gender identity, we can go to them to learn. Mm-hmm. Like each one of the people who came on our on our podcast had had things that they wanted to share and talk about like motherhood and trauma mm-hmm. and like I said gender identity and letting go storytelling style rhythms and rituals there were just so many good things that but we I, learned I love that point Kel that everyone has something that they can give and offer that mm-hmm. they are going through and they have learned and we're all hopefully becoming better experts in our own lives and that's the gift that we have to share with one another mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I would like to encourage everyone to just Revisit mm-hmm. some of your favorite episodes or the ones that you maybe missed um, and share those, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And give us feedback. Yeah, we love feedback. Yeah. Except we're, we're kind of pivoting for next season. We a are. A little bit. Um, it's going to be a little different. Based on our feedback. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to press pause on conversations with other people. And mm-hmm. this season is going to be just us. Mm-hmm. It's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, but 
we've we've had a lot of messages from people being like, I love the conversations. I love that person. I've been following them, or they're so cool. Or I learned so much, mm-hmm. but. I need to see more examples of what to say and what to do. I need to see the resist approach in action. What are these freedoms you keep talking about Mm -hmm. that aren't written down anywhere? I want examples of tone. I need some word choice when this one thing's happening. Um, And that's the stuff that we're also really excited to talk about. The hard stuff, the discipline stuff. We talk about how we are redefining resistance and we're elevating discipline in our lives and that's what we're really passionate about sharing to all of you guys listening mm-hmm. next yeah. season baby yeah next season yep. so what's it going to look like cal well we're also going to have a coaching page up i think mm-hmm. for a la carte and packaged conversations we've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of these sort of under the radar um and pro bono and it's been really fun it's been great incredibly it's been, rewarding it's been like making my life yeah very very happy and there are, there's so many amazing resources out there there are you know, very highly qualified licensed professionals. And then there are also people like us who've done a bunch of trainings, who've read and thought about and talked about this stuff a lot and can offer um, just something different, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, a feminist perspective and ideology integrated in with respectful evidence-based um methods and practices in parenting. So that's kind of what we are offering and really excited to connect with you guys one-on-one about because we've been doing a lot of a lot of the pro bono stuff <laughs> and also a lot of really amazing conversations like on email where somebody emails us in and we go back and forth like so many times and we just don't always have the time to be doing that uh, in an unofficial capacity. So yeah. this is really exciting. Totally. I'm really excited, Han, also about the shop. Oh, we're you have bet a shop I, up? Of course you are, Kelty. Kelty designs our shop. Not she is. Yeah, but we're going to have a lot of co-designers for different products too. Mm-hmm. Really neat stuff. I'm really excited about it. And not like it. a bunch of crap that you don't want to buy. Like, Do you stuff? want our faces on a mug? No. No. I don't want my me, face on a me mug. either. <laughs> I, I don't want your face on a mug. <laughs> Um, okay, what else? We're going to have the, the resist mm-hmm. approach up, which we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have our freedom model up. We're going to have the empowerments right. up. And we're going to have downloads for each of those so that you can grab it to your phone, grab it to your computer. Put it on the fridge. Mail it hand, to someone. Hand it to your mother-in-law. Yeah. Throw it at your partner. Right. All the things. All the things. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to be doing some talks, right, Han? Yeah. We've got a couple scheduled. Uh, Are you nervous already? A little bit. Okay. When you even just say that word, I'm like, oh, God. And you're going to be getting up it's in front exciting. of a bunch of people and you're going to have to talk. Not by yourself. I'll be there. I know once I'm there, it'll be okay. The, t- the talks we've had so far, we've done like a Montessori talk. We've done a, a feminist parenting talk, brunch. Um, but we've got a couple that are we're going to call Raise and Resist. And it's going to be talking about this unconscious hypocrisy, which we'll explain a little bit more in this episode. And it's on our website. Uh, but kind of how our feminism and our parenting intersected and what that means for us as parents. And so telling our story and then leading into the resist approach and the freedoms model and um, maybe just, a bunch of Q&A. Yeah, and Q&A stuff, too. So I think it's going to be really fun, but it'll be a great way to workshop our um, our content and our, you know, get comfy with it yeah, more and our get spiel. great feedback. I feel like every time we talk about it at the pom-pom thing or like you said school or mm-hmm. um that other the other brunch talk we've we learned so much from what everyone shares yeah, it's so. hard to put yourself out there though in real time not when you're just sitting on behind a mic in your pajamas on the farm mm-hmm. you know this is like i have to brush my hair we've got like handouts mm-hmm. you know we have to drive into town maybe some makeup sure yeah maybe a little bit of that 
But I think that it's really good for us and we really care about building a community and then maybe taking this show on the road and going to other cities and talking about Raise and Resist there. So that's something I'm excited about. We're also talking about Raise and Resist on other podcasts that, Ooh, yeah. that are going to be um, up this next season. We've already so recorded a couple. We have we've done two and we've got a few others lined up, which I'm really excited about, where we just get to talk and talk and talk <laughs> and do our thing. And it, it felt really, really good. Someone's interested in what we had to say. It was cool. It was cool. It felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. That'll so that's fun. something else to look forward to, I guess. <sighs> okay. Do we want to just do a quick kind of segue into our story for anyone interested? Yeah, I say yeah. so. Yeah, for those of you who snappy. don't know us that well, who haven't met us in person or read our about page or learned about us in little bits and bops throughout the seasons, um, mm-hmm. this could be a nice little uh, broad strokes takeaway of you know how we became parents, how we learned about respectful parenting and discipline, how feminism intersected with our parenting how we built our empowerments, resist approach, freedoms model, very basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How long yeah. do we have? When do we have to go get the kids? We have like 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's do okay. this. Like, I, you got that stomach feeling thinking about standing on stage. Uh-huh. I get that stomach feeling thinking about getting in the car with those four kids sometimes. Oh, my gosh. It, I know. If, if you're not I know. It's one of the things you the can't drink wars. before you do, right? <laughs> Just so. kidding. <laughs> You're gonna make me cough. That was a joke. It was a joke, but it's been really torturous, guys. Mm-hmm. It's been rough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but enough about us. Let's talk about us. Let's talk about us more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, early motherhood, man. Mm-hmm. Circa 2013. Mm-hmm. So our kids are three, four, five, and six, basically. Yep. We each have uh, two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, early- daughters six months apart. Five eight, and six eight months apart. Eight months apart and sons six months apart who yeah. are like three ish. Three, four. Yeah. yeah. But I think I would characterize our early motherhood mm-hmm. um as kind of traumatic in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um we had kind of a, a family trauma that right that, when that, my daughter was born. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That really kind of set the scene and rocked our um, world. Which it's like babies rock your world enough. I know. Like for those of us, like we know a lot of other folks who've had a trauma as they were pregnant or right after they gave birth or in those mm-hmm. first few years. Like trauma is never okay and sustainable, but you know. But that's a good point. That early I don't days. think people even think of having a kid as trauma. And it absolutely mm-hmm. is a form of trauma mm-hmm. physically and mentally psychologically and to your lifestyle. Socially. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So and speaking of socially, I feel like mm-hmm. another hard part of right when we had kids was we just didn't have a big a broader community of people who also had small kids Mm -hmm. necessarily yeah we were flying solo for sure a little bit yeah Yeah. but and then I think a lot of our early parenting started kind of I don't know how to say this well I feel like our approach to Mm -hmm. things in our lives began to change maybe from that trauma from Mm -hmm. having kids yeah I mean I think that we grew up very privileged and um definitely winged it a lot and just mm-hmm. kind of rolled with the punches and did mean in not, terms of like studying for tests yeah. going to practices D- feeling like what did we want to do stuff. we were we were not incredibly motivated like we did well in everything we just i don't feel like we went through a lot of of personal strife and um or re- thoughtful really intention new, yeah, yeah intentional living you know which i'm not sure i think I'm sure that's common for some folks, but it wasn't really for us how that you just move through like high school and then you go to college and then you do this. And it took us a while to 
to really think about who we were and what we wanted, what we call building our inner wisdom and inner authority. And that really began to take shape. We truly began to become feminists in a new way um, and ourselves more deeply when we had kids. And I think that that intersected with the trauma of what does it all mean? Why are we all here? What matters most? What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's when we we realized we don't want to wing this anymore. We want to read. We want to learn. We want to grow. We're ready. Mm-hmm. And um, and that, you know, forced us to to examine a lot of beliefs and myths, frankly, in parenting that, you know, for example, we're supposed to know everything and teach our kids all of it. Um, we very quickly realized that we didn't know shit mm-hmm. and that how were we going to teach our kids things that we struggled with as adults? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so reading a lot of those things, um, mostly Rye is what we, um, resources for infant educators is what we uh, grabbed onto first when my daughter was one or a little bit younger than one. And um, that set the scene for respectful parenting for us. And it really just as... Um, kind of complacent but also type A lady mm-hmm. Virgos mm-hmm. it was it let off so much pressure to just be everything and do everything and fake it till you make it it let us understand and learn who we were who our kids were what our responsibility was what their responsibility was it we gained a, a real clarity um, in our role as early parents that mm-hmm. felt incredibly empowering mm-hmm. um, yeah but I think I remember sort of a turning point in realization when learning about all of these different approaches, parenting, mm-hmm. conscious parenting, mindful parenting, respectful parenting, attachment parenting, simplicity yeah. parenting, positive parenting, all of these things. I think people can tend to, and as we did, mm-hmm. say, oh, I can't do any of those. They're all different. They all say different the things The market anyway. is so saturated. Fuck it all. Yeah, all yeah. these books, they all have different opinions. I've they just so make many me feel times. insecure. Yeah. Or don't get me started on you, Hillary Frank. I'm, don't don't get started on Hill, okay? <laughs> but, um, you know, but reading those things felt intimidating. It felt like, God, yeah. this is fucking challenging me um, and making me feel bad about mm-hmm. the ways I've been doing things or making, it's like gulp, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the more we did it, I feel like there was a specific turning point when all of a sudden it became liberating. It became empowering mm-hmm. to be able to sort of a la carte choose the the things from all of those things mm-hmm. that we wanted. Well, and yeah, like not in a way, I'm sure you don't mean, Kel, as in finding the exact perfect things to do to do it all right. Mm-mm. We were cobbling together a philosophy and an approach that was really unique to us. And that took time, mm-hmm. just like anybody does with their wellness or they do with their finances or with a relationship or with uh, a hobby. It takes a long time. You have to pull in and sort through a lot of information. It takes time. But then you start to see these golden threads emerging that mm-hmm. you can weave together to build something. you know. And I feel like that started happening to us. And then our kids became toddlers. Mm-hmm. That's right. when the shit really hit the <laughs> yeah. fan. Basically, before then, we'd been like, okay, oh. I think we kind of got this. Mm. We got the respectful parenting thing down. We're not we're over-controlling very- our babies. We're talking to them a lot. We're involving them in as much as we possibly can. We're not micromanaging their emotions or their eating or their sleep. We're not walking we're- for them or moving for them or propping them. Yeah. Or- we're seeing them as capable, independent, whole humans that have fewer skills and experiences to rely on and that need our support, right? Right. Yeah. And but then toddlers, right? Toddlers, yeah. right. And then, and the girls were... Two. Yeah. But I mean, they were kind of ahead of their time a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, 
I mean, at like 18 months, it was, yeah, it was intense already when we were pregnant with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all of a sudden it was a lot of resistance. It was, I hear a lot of people in similar times saying all of a sudden they have a personality. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like that for us, but they were really coming into their own, stepping into their power Mm -hmm. and their sense of self in a way. Really asserting themselves. Yeah. Really feeling comfortable and confident in saying no. Mm-hmm. In saying this one, not that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In in asserting their personal agency, in you know, publicly um growing that inner wisdom and inner authority that we mm-hmm. started to realize was incredibly obnoxious and difficult, but also incredibly valuable and but kind of amazing. It was it was amazing too to me because I think it was a sense of it gave me a sense of validation that those things had been there the whole time and mm-hmm. you really we really just couldn't see it it just looked like crying before it just looked like crying or it looked like them just flopping around or doing mm-hmm. their thing or what, whatever it was but that, that they were building the, that inner sense of wisdom and authority that mm-hmm. whole time and that we did to the best of our abilities um, set them up for that prepare them right yeah and respect that Mm-hmm. even though we couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. It's like all this invisible you, work. You were mentioning, Kelsey, something the other day about how, you know, when they're like a year, year and a half, you're like, oh, that's so cute when they say no and they're sticking their little bottom lip out. And it's so cute when they are like pulling at something. Oh, yeah. And I then mean, I see that with my yeah. with my in-laws and my family. When my son is throwing a fit about something, they kind of look across over his head like, oh, my gosh, poor little guy, so cute. He's throwing a little fit. His face but when is my so daughter red does right it, now. They literally like flee the scene. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable for them. Yeah. How it, it changes. And all of a sudden, the same way we used to deal with this child from two to five or from one to four or six or whatever is very different. The, the same things don't work. We can't move their bodies as easily. We can't just overpower them with our words or because they have them. words of their own. Yeah. We can't distract them as easily because they have a better attention and focus and and resilience and and you know real dedication to to their chaos. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know we're probably like preaching to the choir. You're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get yes, it. But that yes. was a really big turning point where that was also when we were reading more about feminism and kind of understanding it better and realizing that that word no, which is defined by that's resistance essentially is a dirty word in parenting you know we don't want resistance all we want is for them to stop resisting we want obedience we want pacifism we want complacency complacency and compliance yeah that's right and that word resistance when translated and looked at through a, a feminist lens is something um honorable it's something historical you know it's 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 powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, you know, it's that's how, how, it's how things change. It's it's a human right. Yeah. And how is resistance a human right for women, for minorities, for adults, and it not be a human right for children? And that became something, um, just a new turning point in our parenting where we had to look at ourselves and say, oh, we're going to the rallies, we're voting, we're, you know... Standing up for our, for our reproductive rights. Yeah, do, you know, doing all these things. And then we're coming home and we're saying to our kids, don't resist us. No, 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 no. Don't be a hysterical female to me. Mm-hmm. Don't be nasty. Don't be a rule breaker. Don't be a rule breaker. Don't yeah. defy expectations. Not my expectations. Yeah. You know, and we realized that there was a bit of an unconscious hypocrisy going on where we were identifying as feminists and 
gave a shit about social justice as adults, for adults, but were we considering that that ecosystem and that framework did not apply the same way in our homes? And we were like, holy shit, the patriarchy is still in our parenting and it's showing up in our discipline. And that's when we, we'd always been interested in respectful discipline because we saw all the research about how incredibly important um, working with our kids' feelings, working with power and control, giving them agency and independence, all these things were, the science is there, but it didn't really click in this new way until we realized how we were living one way as people and how we were living and parenting a different way as moms, you know? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's where upbringing took a, a bit of a a bit of a turn. Yeah. <laughs> Can it be a good turn? Can you take a turn for the better? We I took a turn for the better. We did. That, yeah. I mean, that's why we're an upside down rainbow, you guys. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Um, so we began to realize, okay, I mean, there is an access point for everybody into growth. And that was a huge access point for us to engage with parenting as politics, as the, bringing together the personal and the political. Um, and I think it's it's really easy to look at social justice and resistance and power and oppression and and all these things in a political context. But when you take that and look at yourself in a personal context, how that plays out in a day-to-day with mm-hmm. your kid when they're throwing shit at you or yelling or what we call protecting their personal freedoms, mm-hmm. um, it can look really different. And that's our work. That's the practice. And it's been really interesting since the turn for the better, the mm-hmm. good turn, mm-hmm. um, talking with a lot of other feminists and just getting into it with them. Mm-hmm. And we've heard, we've had hard conversations with a lot of women who said, when, I, when I've started listening to you guys talk about this unconscious hypocrisy, it made me really mad mm-hmm. because yeah. I've been doing all the things. I've been exposing my kid to gender uh, neutral and expansive toys and clothes. I've been taking them to the rallies. Books. I've been talking mm-hmm. to them, talking to them about race and injustice in the world and um, doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And there are so many great feminist parenting resources out there. Mm-hmm. But I had not thought about my discipline. I had not thought about how the patriarchy could be reaching down through me in especially these hard moments. Like what, for example? Like um, power struggles over hygiene, like at the dinner table where we're, where we're demanding bites, mm-hmm. like, um, like telling our kids what to play with and what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, or not to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like telling them to stop crying, stop whining, stop yelling, mm-hmm. stop sh- talking. Um, like shaming them for behaviors, for, for choices that they made, for, for the lack of skills that they have, and for an underlying need that we didn't even think existed, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff that we struggle with. Discipline 101, everybody. Right. <laughs> um, and it's stuff that we're working on all the time. Yeah. One, well, how, I mean, our, our culture and our society, we don't even blink when we think about the type of discipline that is condoned in our culture, that to get our kids to do something, we either force them physically, we put their bodies in the bathtub, we hold pull, them down hold and cut them their hair. And down and cut their hair. We, you know, or we use um, uh, incentives. If you eat this, then I'll give you this. Um, or if you don't do this, then this is gonna happen to you. These are all control-based manipulation uh, that we do physically or or psychologically or logistically to to get our kids to do certain things. And we don't even question it because it's so natural. And that's how our society works because our society is is patriarchal. Yeah, but 
it's also, it's just, that's the big quandary is, Mm -hmm. and that so many parents come up and say, I believe in this. I believe it. I get it. But how do I actually make it happen? What to do if we don't do do that? If we don't do those things? Mm -hmm. Because we need to get a lot of things done. Mm -hmm. Our kid needs to be dressed. They do need to eat something. They they need to be, you know, bathed Mm -hmm. once a month at least, right? How do we fucking do this? Okay. So my first, my first thing is, is creating awareness and busting the myths of what a parent should do Mm -hmm. and who it, what a child can do. And that is our freedoms model. And so we're going to expand in this next season about the freedoms. And we're going to describe each one of them because if we can understand where these resistances are coming from and why they're coming from there, then we can better kind of manage them and handle them and not Mm -hmm. believe in our minds that every time our kid resists us, that like they're trying to just ruin our lives. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, woe is me. Or there's something wrong with them. Or there's something wrong with us. None of that is true at all Mm -hmm. they have every every right or freedom to struggle for example because Mm -hmm. that will make them more self-disciplined they have every right every freedom to express themselves because if they're able to do that they will be more self-loving they have every right to contribute that will allow them to be self-motivated they have every right to feel that will allow them to become more self-aware every right to play that will allow them to become more self-directed every right to speak, that will allow them to become more self-determined, every right to choose, which will allow them to become more self-assured, every freedom or ability to nourish, which will allow them to become more self-attuned. We want to give them the freedom to move, which will allow them to become more self-reliant. And lastly, the freedom to know, which will allow them to feel more Mm self-confident. So this is a long list. It's going to be on our site. But these are the 10 freedoms that we're talking about struggle, express, contribute, feel, play, speak, choose, nourish, move, and know. This is what adults in their resistance movements over history have fought for. You know, through the lens of feminism, feminism is a human right now. It's it's intersected with all these other resistance movements because it's not just cisgender white women that deserve liberty and freedom um, it involves a lot of other people and when you think about it we have this incredible opportunity to become aware of the freedoms that our children are fighting for from infancy into their toddlerhood into their terrible twos and three-nagerness and into their teens that they are born feminists that is the belief that we have and that they're protecting their personal freedoms is saying i want to nurture my own inner wisdom and inner authority and i'm going to show you by saying no to these things that i need you to support in me a little bit more or nurture a little bit differently or consider a little bit more or step away from or step away from and, and shut up about So that's what we're going to be discussing to open up our eyes to realize that resistance comes from a beautiful place, right? Yeah. It comes from these these personal freedoms that our kids are insisting on protecting and that we do not want to squelch. That is their spirit that they're protecting, right? Mm -hmm. And once we create that awareness of these areas of, of power struggles, you know, once we gain an understanding and a value in the fact that they're even happening, then we can move in with the resist approach where we're looking at their resistance as positive and in doing so, in leaning in with these other things besides control, uh, these other powers we call them, 
we are also resisting the patriarchy in our homes and we're moving forward. We are creating a, a, a resistance in parenting that can, you know, start the next generation off on a 30 year, you know, advantage, <laughs> advantage, you know, yeah. we're all, all the work we're doing. You talk about this a lot, Kel, the work we're doing as women in our mid thirties, we're doing, we're basically undoing a lot yeah. of what had been done to us in our families, in our culture. Mm-hmm. We're coming into our own and saying, no, wait, I do know what's best for myself. Wait, I do deserve that. Wait, I do deserve to go for that or to believe that or to to find mm-hmm. that. I am entitled to blank, blank, blank. Right. Yeah. And I think so much of that comes from our culture and our family, families of origin saying, you don't know what's best for you. You don't get to do that unless I say you can. And that comes from parenting. Yeah. So we love wanna, you, mom and dad. We love you. They're great. Everyone did great and the best they could. And we want to do the doing, best we can. We're all doing the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the tricky, the, the <laughs> tricky phrase that I always come back to when people are like, I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like the end of the conversation. It's always, but we and. can keep growing. Or it's us looking at our kids and saying, you're not doing the best you can because mm-hmm. I know what the best is and you're not anywhere near there. Mm-hmm. So what we, what we mean when we say you're doing the best you can is, I'm doing the best I can in this moment. Mm-hmm. No shame on me for what I'm not able to do, but can we be ignited to keep growing and keep moving and keep putting one foot in front of the other to elevate? Yeah. And align. I love it. And all that. I things. love it. And alignment is that thing that we talk about a lot, you know. How can we honor our kids' resistance and match up with? how we vote, how we move through the world, what we fight for as people. How can we let our kids be fighting that same fight at home and mm-hmm. stay sane? And not let it turn into chaos. Yeah. And yeah. not let them turn into like bratty assholes. Mm-hmm. We and can that, do it. And that's the thing. It's the resist approach that we're going to expand on this season through kind of a Q&A format at the end of each freedom episode. It, the idea is that it's not learning something that you don't know already. When we discovered this, we discovered it from within us. It is, these are skills. The resist approach is an acronym for respect, empathize, sync up, innovate, set the limit, and trust. And all of these things are, are, are powers that we use in our lives already at work with other people, um, politically or socially, and they just haven't been taught to us uh, in a parenting context. And so that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to dismantle this old control-based parenting paradigm, this hierarchical bullshit, and we're trying to say, how do people get shit done in other areas of life? Oh, they use these other skills like respect. They use these other skills like innovation or empathy. We can use those same things in our parenting and we can just go beyond what we ever thought we could possibly do. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about, really? <sighs> Anything else? If anyone's still listening? No, I, <laughs> I want to keep this short because yeah. people have lots to do and places to be. And I think that... Yes, we've got lots of exciting things coming in 2020, and we would love to hear what you're looking forward to in 2020. Um, It's always good to have something to look forward to. And we also just, you know, we're almost, we're hitting the one-year mark of upbringing, which we began last January of 19. Mm -hmm. And we're really proud of ourselves and really just so grateful um, that we had the opportunity to do this and to connect with 
these ideas and with one another and with you all. Um, it has really meant so much and been the biggest gift. The biggest gift. Seriously. Yeah. I don't I have no words. Okay. <laughs> but as always, reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to hear what, what you're going through. We want to hear what you're thinking. We want to hear what you want more of and less of, please. Um, so you can DM us and email us. We've got that voice line or just reach out through our website, upbringing.co. And as far as subscribing, rating, and reviewing, that would be amazing. Also, we've had a lot of people DMing us saying that they can't figure out how to rate us and write a review on iTunes on their phone. And I'm going to say really quick, it's it's kind of tricky, not tricky. <laughs> it's sneaky. Basically, okay. you can't go to, to our podcast in your library to do it. You have to search. So you just search for upbringing. And then on that main page, you'll just scroll past like the recent episodes and it says write a review. So you can do it. Thanks like for that, that, Cal. You're so welcome. Lastly, you are doing an amazing job and we're so proud of you. And we're right here with you taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time. for the Ask Us Anything portion of our show, where we rant and riff a little bit on a DM or email question that we've gotten uh, from you, our listeners. Mm-hmm. So what's today's question, Han? We got a DM on Instagram um, saying, hey, ladies, how do you deal with manners, especially around the holidays with so much gift giving and more family time? I struggle with manners Such myself around that time. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that they mean with our kids, but... Yeah, are they, is she, are they talking about our manners or our kids' I manners? Know. We I'm struggle greatly <laughs> with manners. <laughs> My kids actually sometimes have better manners than I do. Oh man, they have been on it lately, Kel. Yeah, they have been on it. Why have they been doing so well with showing love and appreciation, with saying please, with saying thank you, with going up and running up and giving hugs and kisses? What is your secret? I I think modeling is our big one. Yeah. Really. Because we don't force hugs and kisses with us or other people. Mm-hmm. We don't force pleases or thank yous. We just do it and all is, over the place. What does force mean? I mean, I mean even, a, even a people pretty, lovingly yeah. like, okay, say thank you or what do you say? Mm-hmm. Or I think that is an incredibly um normal, natural and natural, natural response to yeah. say in our minds, how are our kids going to learn how to do this if mm-hmm. we don't tell them? But mm-hmm. research shows, the, and I'm always like, research shows, mm-hmm. but seriously, the problem with that, the limitation, with concern with that is that we end up behaviorally cueing them to require our prompt it's like before a doing it. Situation. That's one reason that it can not work so well is that then they're always saying, well, I'm not going to say thank you because I'm ready myself. Uh, maybe that could happen possibly, but generally speaking for several years, I'm going to wait until mom and dad remind me because that's how this little bit goes that we do back and mm-hmm. forth. Another yeah, w- that. reason that, that this can cause problems is just resistance in general. Your kids oh, are a, a fantastic example of that, Kelty. If I ever said, okay, what do you say? They say, fuck you, right. basically. Yeah. They give me that look. Right, if you said, go and give so-and-so a hug or that, a kiss. That, that would mean they would want to do the exact and opposite. And probably avoid them the next two times. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is a very delicate age um, with our kids' inner wisdom and inner authority growing so big and beautifully yeah. that um, insisting they do anything that we actually want them to do and creating a power struggle around it is not ideal. I like. I think yeah. so much about manners too. Is about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, anything. I'm sorry. Please. Thank you. I love you. I these don't are know. All, I don't know. These are all <laughs> moments of intense vulnerability, and often 
especially in the holidays, in greater social situations. Mm -hmm. So it's a vulnerable thing to say in the first place, and they don't have the practice necessarily of it coming out automatically yet. And then when everybody's watching on on a very special day. Right, everyone's waiting. But it can be really embarrassing when grandma who picked out this gift and so important to her, and she rolls old school. She Mm -hmm. needs to hear that thank you. So when everyone's looking and you're feeling your face turn red because your little shithead doesn't say thank you, what do you say? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you say, Han? Well, I say, oh my gosh, she, oh my gosh, you got her this thing. Oh my gosh, she looks really excited about it. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you, Grandma. But Mm -hmm. so I, I, obviously I model the thanks, but I also usually will cue um, some sort of like, inner description of what she might be going through your to, daughter? to help what my daughter might be going through to help her understand that for modeling but also to tell grandma so-and-so she's very pleased with this and that should be enough yeah like you know what I, I mean I mean I so often I'll see my daughter just she looks so happy and she's smiling and you can tell that's her saying thank you mm-hmm. and I don't need the actual or she jumps on their lap a few hours later and that's her thank you that's the connection who are we to micromanage and get in the middle of a connection between our kids and someone else who gave them something or or wants a hug or whatever who are we it's really this sense of totally natural societal pressure that we that we actually sort of to a degree impose on ourselves it took us a long time Mm -hmm. to to feel comfortable and just like give no fucks at all Mm -hmm. when our kids are embarrass us in that way well let's think about this from a feminist perspective that like we we as women don't want to be told what to say or oh smile smile like Mm -hmm. dudes say uh no fuck you i'm not going to smile to make your day look better i'm Mm -hmm. not going to wear a certain thing to please you Mm -hmm. well that's how our kids should be too Mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to give you a hug or let you grab my ass it's Mm -hmm. called consent people Mm -hmm. and the reason that so many women let that happen or struggle through these these experiences as adults is because we our formative experiences basically said this is okay and if anything it's actually expected of you mm-hmm. and, and you get positive reinforcement right. when you give this part of yourself that maybe you're not ready to give right. yeah. when you're not ready to say thanks yet or in that exact way or when you're not ready to have show physical affection you know mm-hmm. everybody has their own way of going about it and so yes you and I Kelty are very um, adamant that we work behind the scenes on this big yeah. time. We also will go up and say, oh my gosh, grandma's here. I'm going to go give her a hug. Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they say no. Like that's even mm-hmm. a heavy suggestion to my kids yeah. to do it. My kids will do it. Yeah. Oh, and, sometimes and then they'll sometimes no. they'll just follow along and they won't hug, but they'll be there clinging to my leg and smiling because that's what they can handle. And they're saying, okay, this is a socially acceptable thing is giving someone a hug when you see them. But yeah. it's not mandatory because that can create aversions. That can create shame or weirdness if they that don't that feel up to it. Could Contributed to our shyness as kids, oh, and it's yeah. not like mom was like a stage mom pushing us on to people all the time <laughs> or something. But you know, I feel like when we were stuff, in Barcelona, but the pressure was higher though. We had to kiss lot. so many old men, yeah, and like random people who smelled like smoke, yeah, and who like we didn't understand what they were saying, and they would talk about us and like really objectify us a lot because yeah. we were like American looking. Yeah, you know, and twinsies. Yeah, but we have. I mean, think back to your own memories. Cast your mind back to mm-hmm. when you were a child, and how you felt 
um, in these social situations. In these very overwhelming, overstimulating situations. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and how would you want to be treated but in even those it, moments? It's so funny, Han. Even as an adult, sometimes I'll like get a present or someone says something nice. And later I'll be like, did I even say thank you? I was so... Um, conditioned? Well, no, I was not conditioned. I was so overcome with mm. gratitude and maybe some sense of like insecurity like oh my gosh they gave me this or I'm feeling on stage because everyone's mm-hmm. looking that I opened this that I end up being like oh wow <laughs> and I don't even end up being like thank you so much which mm-hmm. is what I want to say but I don't because I'm like I'm yeah. feeling insecure about getting this cool thing and I try to think of that from the kids point of view too mm-hmm. like you know yeah, I mean even as an adult we have those moments totally. ourselves but think about what we're you know you and I talk a lot about Intrinsic motivation. So we want our kids to be motivated from the inside out, not from outer things. Because if they can be motivated externally constantly, then they're never doing their things for themselves because they want to, because they believe. It's just external forces that can basically guide their hands and make them do anything like little robots or monkeys. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. No, we want them to be learning the va- a value, not just a skill, right. basically. And so that's why I love the idea of like, do we want to train our kids to say thank you without really understanding the why behind it or the how or all these mm-hmm. things or would we rather focus on the idea and the the underlying value and saying wow you know grandpa whatever got you this thing and i wonder where he found it how did he know you like blah 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 i blah. wonder how long it took him to pick it out and to get the paper and to wrap it all up that seems like such a thoughtful thing yeah and wow. then they are able to actually understand gratitude and they're also in that same way learning how to give because they're thinking oh my gosh this is how you discover um, something you want to give to someone else. And then when you receive something, this is what may have happened. We're providing the context. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot more work than saying, say thank you or go give him a hug. For sure. But it's it's worthy work. It is worthy. Let's high five on that. Yeah, That is the gift right there. Don't buy your kids anything for Christmas. Just model the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here. Mm Mm-hmm.